0: Cole Richards, the president of The Voice of the Martyrs, says self-preservation comes naturally to every person. But Jesus calls us to do something unnatural. He calls us to pick up our cross and follow him, even when that involves suffering and hardship. That takes
1: a great level of intentionality. So it can't be our goal to eliminate opposition and suffering and difficulty because we will fail to obey Christ. We need to make sure that we won't let anything stop our faithfulness. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help. Right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We are in the studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma with Cole Richards. He is the president of The Voice of the Martyrs. He's my boss here, has been the president here for about the last five years. Cole, welcome back to Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
1: Todd, thank you.
0: And I feel like as we start, I just want to thank you. You have been so supportive of VOM Radio, helped us grow, helped us add more stations and more listeners and more people, and uh, I am very appreciative of that. So I I want to start by just saying thank you.
1: Well, praise God. It's uh, It's intended to be a benefit for the whole body of Christ and the whole missions community, not just our organization. And so to think of all the wonderful Christian leaders that have been on the air with us over the years, it's just a blessing.
0: It's it's pretty amazing when you look back. Cole, VOM has ministered for years in hostile areas and restricted nations. We, we minister in places where if you're a Christian, you expect difficulties and hardships and persecution. That That's part of following Christ. We've had some discussions internally over the past several years, and I know it's on your heart that persecution could become a reality for Christians in the United States. Uh, The land of the free and the home of the brave, as we say. Why is that? You know, what are you seeing in our culture? What are you watching for as you see kind of that day, I, I believe, coming closer and closer?
1: So I've become concerned with talking to people in all different denominations all over the U.S. that when people talk about persecution, they're thinking of the extremes of imprisonment and violence. And then the question is, could that come to the U.S.? I don't think that's the right conversation at all for us right now. There's a much more immediate conversation, and so it's not a prediction game of will these kind of tremendous government persecution and oppression come to this nation or not. What's more immediate are the kinds of opposition to faith and persecution that is very costly, actually, that exists right now. So for example, it's not likely at all that being a witness for Christ in the U.S. will cost you your life, but it's absolutely to be expected from all of us, especially the young generation that's coming in the workforce now, that you could lose your job. So your life may not be at stake, but your job and your career is absolutely at stake based on just being a genuine faithful witness for Christ here in the U.S. right now.
0: And that's hard for many of our listeners to kind of wrap our minds around Recently, in our Voice of the Martyrs magazine, which, by the way, people can sign up and get that at vomradio.net, you wrote a series of articles about preparing for persecution. And in the first one, you wrote these words, and I'm just going to read what you wrote. When I talk with Christians here in the U.S. and in other free countries, the word that constantly comes to mind is unprepared. Why do you think American Christians are so unprepared for the idea of facing persecution, and the reality that, yes, you could lose your job, your promotion could go away because of your faith, why are we so unprepared for that?
1: I've realized that there's a dangerous notion that's actually taught uh, very broadly in the U.S. across all denominations, and it's something that sounds really encouraging and nice, but unfortunately it's not true, it's not real. And this notion is that if we go out and proclaim the gospel, and witness for Christ in a winsome manner, and we bless our communities, then they will love us. You know, we will bless them in the name of Christ. They will love us in return. That's a nice notion. It's just not biblical, and it's not real in practice here or anywhere in the world. What's really true, and you can see this increasingly in our culture, but it's always been true, if you're a faithful witness for Christ, you're bringing the good news, but that good news will be rejected by fallen mankind. It is offensive to them. We are unprepared in the sense that instead of preparing each other, and especially our young generations, I would argue, to face opposition for being a faithful witness for Christ and to pay a price, we're telling them this other narrative, this other narrative about, you know, be good to your community, bless others, and with the idea that when we bless others, the, the lost around us, they will love us and accept us. No, they won't. They'll reject us, at least initially. So to be a faithful witness for Christ, we have to be willing to share and face opposition over and over again. We need to face rejection over and over again. Most people who come to Christ, most of us, myself included, came to Christ after rejecting him or pushing back quite a lot. And so we're unprepared unless we're ready to face opposition and rejection and really to bear shame. Um, And if we're not talking about that, then, yeah, we're unprepared.
0: I think the the idea you just hit there the bearing shame is something that has that has really struck me that yes in our culture you will be shamed for holding to biblical values you will be shamed for holding up the gospel um and like you say it's not something that we're prepared for and it's it's not like being thrown in prison but it certainly is painful it certainly is opposition
1: Yeah, it's opposition because it feels bad. So when the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed, that's not a throwaway comment. He's referring to the very real shame that he would be tempted to feel from the fallen world, and he's decided to press through that, to push past that. And then that shame isn't just an awkward feeling. It can cost you your job. It can cost you friendships, relationships. It costs you mixing and mingling easily in social circles because this message Uh, that we represent even when we're not speaking it with our mouths. If we're known to be a biblical Christian and to be faithful to Christ, uh, that, that makes us an inconvenience at, at a minimum.
0: You also wrote in this series of, of essays about preparing, and I, I want to let our listeners know, if you'll come to vomradio.net in the show notes for this episode, we're going to give you a link to these. So you can go, you can read the editorials that Cole wrote about preparing for persecution. Right, I want to read another line that you wrote. As we commit daily to being his witnesses, we must understand that we will be opposed. In fact, the more faithful we are, the more serious the opposition. And I think we've hit a little bit on this, but but what does that look like in an American context? What does that opposition look like, and and what does it look like for us to push through that?
1: This this addresses another thing I'm concerned about, which, again, is widespread uh, across all denominations, all over the U.S. We can get trapped in this notion that if— I'm pleasing God, then things are going well for me. In other words, I'm happy, I'm at peace, I'm content. Those are real things that are in our hearts, but they're real things that exist in our hearts despite the circumstances. In other words, we will have God's peace that passes understanding in any circumstance. So, what I'm describing is the trap of thinking that your circumstance is an indicator of how well you're doing in following the lord. you're You're just, you know, I'm walking as a faithful disciple, therefore, my circumstances are easy for me. Well, that that's not true.
0: And certainly not biblical.
1: It's not biblical, it's not true. So the way to reconcile that is to have a proper teaching about I will have the joy of the Lord in my heart despite circumstances, and I can't use my circumstances to measure my faithfulness because, the people who are most faithful in being a witness for Christ will face the most opposition from the lost people around them but that's ultimately from our enemy. There's a real enemy and he's coming after those people who bear faithful witness to Christ. And so if if I think that my life is difficult and that's because I'm a bad Christian, you know, if it's tied to my faithfulness and witnessing for Christ, that's a good thing, not a bad thing.
0: Right? Do you feel like for a lot of American Christians, the biggest step here is just to understand that opposition, like we expect opposition instead of we expect everything to go great and it's going to be smooth sailing. It seems like just flipping that switch in our minds is is maybe the hardest step.
1: Yeah, I, I have a personal illustration from this. I, I played college football and then I also boxed in college, which is a really kind of a crazy thing. But it, it it leads to a great illustration is when I was boxing, I expected to get in the ring and get punched in the face. And when I got punched in the face, that wasn't a negative thing really, because it was part of winning. You know, part of winning <laughs> is that I was going to hit the other guy more times than he was going, or harder than he was going to hit me. But I was definitely going to get hit. And again, whenever I expected that, and it was part of the deal. You know, part of winning was to go in there and and, and get pummeled, basically. This, I think this is a really good illustration. You could use a bunch of other things too. In other words, part of being a runner is you're going to have sore feet. You, know, you, just, you just have to know that going into it. And once you understand the landscape of the thing, you know that what winning looks like is to exert yourself and is to struggle and is even to suffer. But that's all part of the victory. See – so it's not drudgery to follow the Lord, just like it wasn't drudgery for me to get, to get into a boxing ring. It's a wonderful thing. But we need to know what that thing looks like and how it works. And as a matter of fact, the way that it doesn't work is that people will always applaud us. No, they won't. You know, they, they will oppose us. They will push back. But if we're prepared, we know that that's how it works, and we push through that, and we even own that difficulty as part of the victory, actually. It's the process of the eternal outcomes that's not, and that's not to say anything about the eternal reward in heaven right. that the Lord will set has set aside for us. So, for the joy set before Him, the glory of God, uh, which are eternal outcomes, Christ endured the cross. We faithfully serve Him, and embrace that as part of the victory too.
0: We're talking this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Cole Richards. He is the president of the Voice of the Martyrs. Cole, I think that's one of the big contrasts between someone who comes to faith in the U.S. and someone who comes to faith in China or in Iran. They know from day one, this is gonna, this is gonna be painful. This is gonna be costly. It's gonna hurt. But I'm gonna follow Jesus. He's real. He's true. We often come to faith, like you've mentioned, with the idea that my life is gonna get better. I'm, it's gonna be smooth sailing from here on out, and so when we do get punched in the face it kind of it kind of throws us off instead of us just saying well yeah this is what we knew was going to happen you know of course i'm i'm boxing i'm going to get punched that's that's part of it yeah
1: the the benefit to living in profoundly hostile areas and restricted nations you know the members of the body of Christ whom we serve in those places they do have a benefit a benefit there is that when people make a decision to follow Christ whether they were born into a christian family or not Part of that decision inherently is to face opposition because it's all around them. It's 100%. It's very obvious. The opposition here in the U.S. right now and in Western Europe is much more uh, subtle. It's kind of insidious that you can have this idea about following Christ which isn't really following Christ at all. In other words, you can have the idea that Christ is something personal to you and it's just going to be private with you and the Lord. Well, he doesn't offer us that experience. That, that's not something he's offered us the option of. He's called us to be part of local fellowship. You know, We're gonna be seen to be part of a group of Christians if we obey him. We're gonna be faithful in sharing his message. I call that the activities of our faith. In profoundly persecuted places, the activities of our faith are so strongly opposed that to follow Christ, you've opted in for all that difficulty inherently. Here in the U.S., you can avoid it. You can keep silent. Basically, you can you know, essentially betray or, or fail to be faithful to the Lord by just being silent, just keeping it to yourself. Uh, and you can get away with that quite a bit. That's changing, though. Yeah. The, the culture here in the U.S. now isn't even willing to let you get away with that. But what I'm saying is there's a benefit with that. The benefit is people have to make a much more specific decision to follow Christ or not. It it really is more that hot or cold, and the lukewarm isn't working anymore in the U.S. That has challenges and benefits.
0: Cole, in in the final essay that you wrote about preparing for persecution, you talk about the importance of examples. Uh, People who have been through opposition, they've been through persecution, they have endured with faithfulness, and and we— Praise the Lord. We've talked to some of those people here on VOM Radio. We've had them share their stories firsthand. Why are these examples so important for us as as we think about preparing ourselves? And and I know you and I, we both think about preparing our children, and now I think about preparing our grandchildren. Why are these examples such an important part of how God prepares us?
1: Really, I like to tell people that, first of all, God has given us the experience of himself, of course, but as a, as a personal relationship. But then he's also given us the benefit of all these other relationships, which is other members of the body of Christ in, in our local area, throughout church history, all around the world, we can enter into the benefit of that. And God has given that to us. Uh, in fact, he's required us to participate in this thing, the body of Christ. <laughs> so it's it's, a tr- it's really a treasure that we have on offer, but it's also something that he's insistent that we participate in uh, when we participate in these relationships, we realize the practical benefit of seeing what good looks like. Um, I'm really one of my pet peeves is Christian teaching that only tells you what bad looks like, only tells you what's wrong. You know, in other words, uh, you, you know, it's someone who's really getting down on people for being too weak to be a faithful witness and to pay the price for that. That that's not very helpful. What's very helpful is to see what good looks like. Mm-hmm is to learn the next story and the next story and the next story of our brothers and sisters around the world today and throughout church history and in the scripture. Uh, And then we're inspired. To me, inspired is seeing someone else do it, and I'm inspired to follow in their footsteps. And that's not to say that we elevate other humans. We're still following Christ. But again, this is something Christ gave us. Christ gave us each other. So in our media here at at The Voice of the Martyrs, this is really all we're doing is sharing another and another and another true story, which is a witness from our brothers and sisters, and we're informed by that and inspired by that.
0: This whole idea of examples brings us to a brand new resource. In fact, it just released this week. It is now available to our listeners, it's available to our magazine readers. Uh, it is called the Sabina Group Study, and it is based on the film Sabina, uh, the telling of the life of Sabina Wormbrand and Richard Wormbrand. Uh, but there are even more examples in this six week study, and I'm really excited for people to meet some of these examples.
1: Well, first of all, Todd, congratulations for being the executive producer of this group study. Well, thank you. Um, I want everyone to know, though, that when we embarked on this group study, um, it would have been an amazing study if it was just focused on Richard and Sabina Wormbrand. They are one of the most important Christian biographies in modern church history, easily. But what we did is we realized that we could bolster the study of Richard and Sabina by telling the true stories of really the modern-day Sabinas, women who are alive right now who have gone through, in some cases, the exact situations that, that Sabina did. In other cases, things that are so similar and just profoundly inspiring. And we don't just tell those stories. We got them on film. You know, So, Todd, uh, great job of interviewing these ladies because now in this group study, the viewer gets the experience of being face-to-face with these wonderful women of God who, are, who, by the way, are not just inspiring for other women. They're inspiring for all of us. Yes. I These are women yes. who inspire me um, <laughs> with their faith and example.
0: Let me just read some of the names of, of these modern—we're calling them modern-day Sabinas. And again, the group study focuses on the Sabina film. There are, are segments from the film— that you'll watch each week during your study, and then you'll meet one of these modern-day Sabinas. So they are Gracia Burnham, they are Miriam and Marzia, who were imprisoned in Iran, Susanna Koh, whose husband was abducted in Malaysia, uh, Shemsa Aydin, whose husband was killed in Turkey, Rasheen Sudman, the, the daughter of a martyr in Iran, and then Anita Smith, who uh, we had her on Voice of the Martyrs Radio last year, and uh, her husband, Ronnie, was killed in Libya as they were there doing gospel work. So you get a chance to meet some of these, as Cole has said. They've been through some of the th- same things that Richard and Sabina went through, And they have that same enduring faithfulness and joy and the presence of the Lord. Cole, what is it about video? You you sit down and you watch a video, and I hope, and and I think it's true, you feel like you've just sat down and had tea, had a conversation with one of these ladies. What is it about video that does that?
1: Our strategy here for video is exactly what you described, as that face-to-face experience that... It's the experience the viewer would have if the viewer sat one on one with these interview subjects, and we only put people on on these products who are a hundred percent transparent and they're they're just telling it like it was you know they're talking about their struggles in faith, their victories in faith, their ups and their downs, so you have this wonderful opportunity of having the experience of having a one on one conversation uh of just complete transparency and reality with some of the most inspiring people on the planet.
0: And they have—each of them has amazing stories, uh, amazing stories of suffering, amazing stories of God's faithfulness, and as you say, amazing transparency. I, I think of Gracia, who is very honest about saying, hey, when I was kidnapped and I was held hostage in the jungle for 17 months— there were a lot of days I was really mad at God and and I was thinking God, you know what's going on? How could you let this happen? You must not love me anymore. So that transparency comes through in these conversations. The other thing that comes through is some really practical things for us to do. As we're talking about preparing for persecution, okay, in the midst of persecution, what do I do? What what practically do I do? And one of my favorite examples is from the conversation with Gracious. She talks about, you know, being in the jungle and and telling her husband Martin one day, God must not love me. Why, why would we be hostages here in the jungle if God loved us? And they did something very practical. Martin said, "Well, let's quote all the scriptures that talk about God's love." And they just marched through and and quoted all the scriptures they could remember about saying God loves us. That kind of practical nugget that you can actually take with you and say, okay, I'm in a tough situation. What could I—I know, I'll quote all the scriptures I remember about God's love. I'll quote all the scriptures I know of God's promises. That kind of practical stuff really uh, ministers to me. I know it's going to minister to people who watch this group study— were there some things that came out in the sessions or in the stories that the ladies told that, that really stuck with you?
1: It, that, that's the power of example. The power of example is that we see Richard and Sabina facing fear and struggling, especially with their thought life. You know, the, the turmoil in our heads as we're facing opposition and uncertainty and all these things. That's the real human experience. And the power of example is we know the answer to that as mature Christians. We know the answer to that is God's Word. But how? You know, How do I get God's <laughs> Word into my head in a way that's going to change my thinking and my behaviors? Well, how did Richard and Sabina do that? Well, you see that in the film and yep. in the group study where they're, they're reciting Scripture to each other as a married couple. With, they
0: literally wrote them on note cards and, and yeah. started to memorize. We're going to memorize these one at a time. Boom, boom, boom.
1: And then again, as a married couple— uh, you know, Gracia, they're being, and her husband, they're being drugged through the jungle. And Gracia said something really powerful that's always stuck with me. She said, a version of herself that she never imagined would exist is what she found in the jungle. In other words, all this stuff started coming out of her under that much pressure, all the, you know, kind of bitterness and doubting God instead of trusting him and things like that. And so you see, them quoting, again, quoting scripture to each okay. other and actually challenging each other to think down the path of the scripture and then to behave down the path of the scripture. So these are powerful examples of people, like like you said, practically walking it out because here in the U.S. and some other places, we're blessed with so much knowledge of, of the Lord and knowledge of his word. Um, we have a very high level of knowledge. We need to challenge ourselves to make our obedience match that level of knowledge. I call it the knowledge obedience gap, and that's something we address in the in the group study.
0: I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this, to get one of these Sabina Group Study Kits There's an easy way for you to do this. We will give you a link at vomradio.net. Right now, we are offering the group study kit in return for any donation to VOM. So if you make a donation to VOM, we will send you a group study kit. We'll also send you the Sabina movie on DVD. The best way to do this as a group in your Bible study group in your church is to watch that film together week one, Uh, and then there are six sessions. So you could have seven weeks, watch the film week one, watch the six sessions. And this kit is designed for every level of interaction. And I think, I know, Cole, this was very intentional, that that literally you can press play and pray at the end. Hey, watch the session, pray together at the end, and that's your session. There is a participant's guide. You can dig deep. Uh, into this. In fact, there are extended interviews with all of our modern-day Sabinas that literally you could spend another week on that session, on that segment, uh, and watch that extended interview. So it could be 13 weeks if that's how you wanted to go through it. Um, but it is very easy, like I say, for for even minimal prep. You can put the video in, press play, pray at the end, and God is going to use these stories to impact people. And I know, Cole, that, that was very intentional, to say, we're not going to require you to have a PhD in order to lead this Mm -hmm. study. It's going to be something that everybody can do.
1: Yeah, you you can do this with your family, with your children, with any kind of group, with literally no preparation. You can just push play on those videos, even if you've never seen them before. (laughs) Just push play (laughs) on that video. By the time that 15-minute video session is over, there will be so many things your group will naturally talk about and that you guys would pray about. It makes a great group, Sunday school class, family, you know, friends, experience. You know, we, we create it that way. Or if you want to do your homework and go really deep, there are opportunities for you to go very deep as well.
0: And again, we will send you a copy of the kit. Uh, It includes the Wormbrand book. It includes the Sabina movie. It includes the video segments and a participant's guide. For any donation to Voice of the Martyrs, we'll give you a link at vomradio.net. We're talking this week on VOM Radio with Cole Richards. He's the president of the Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, Cole, I know in one of the sessions of the group study, you talk about risk assessment. And I I particularly love this part of the conversation because— Most of us think of risk assessment as we're going to make a plan that avoids all the risk. We're going to look ahead. We're going to see where the risk is, and we're just going to avoid that altogether. You make the point in the curriculum, and I think it's something really important for us to think about. That's not what a risk assessment is. How how does risk assessment apply to gospel work and to sharing our faith with other people around us?
1: This is so important because human nature that we have— is to protect ourselves our children our family from harm danger opposition and we're always working on that project that happens automatically <laughs> so the thing that doesn't happen automatically is for us to our, ourselves or team up together to go on this adventure that will be risky and that will have difficulty and opposition and suffering attached to it to, to, all this price pain that doesn't happen naturally uh, that's very that takes a great level of intentionality so um, what we're talking about with risk is that it's not—it can't be our goal to eliminate opposition and suffering and difficulty because we will fail to obey Christ. In most settings around the world, even in some of the most difficult areas, if people will just keep their faith to themselves, just keep quiet about it, and don't meet together, don't gather, don't share, uh, keep it to yourself, they won't be persecuted. So it can't be our goal to, to eliminate risk. Really what risk needs to be understood as is that we're going to obey Christ, period. And then risk assessment is to make sure we're only taking necessary risks. You know, let's not, let's not unnecessarily cause ourselves suffering, but we're willing to take any necessary risk to obey Christ. Otherwise, the enemy can put things in our path that will stop us. And we have to start the process by being absolutely committed to not, you know, that we won't be stopped by the enemy. Otherwise, there's some kind of price, there's some kind of social awkwardness or harm to my career or, or or whatever that he can put in my way and stop my faithfulness. We need to make sure that we won't let anything stop our faithfulness.
0: And part of that is understanding the value of Christ and the value of the gospel, the value of the kingdom, that whatever price we have to pay, it, we got a bargain. It's It was a good deal for us so often we don't think in those terms. We think, oh, that, that price is too high. I, I wouldn't do that. But for Christ, there is no price that's too high. We, we just have to kind of grab onto that and understand that. Cole, as as people go through this group study, maybe they spent seven weeks, maybe they spent 12 weeks, maybe they spent you know 15 weeks. When they walk out of the door after that last session, What are some of the things you hope have happened or you hope they're carrying with them as they go?
1: Really, it's simple is that by experiencing the powerful examples in a product like this, that we will be inspired to go and do likewise. And ultimately, that means that we will arrive in heaven in eternity with all these other faithful saints from all of church history and from around the world today, and we will have in common with them that we held christ to be worthy that we obeyed him that we were faithful we should not be afraid of what people in this world will do to us we should be afraid of showing up in heaven and having not been faithful yeah (laughs) the heart the passion the joy of walking the adventure of faithfulness to god in this world and paying those prices We should have that in common with other believers around the world and throughout history. And again, if you see a product like this or in our monthly magazine, you see what that looks like. And then you say, yeah, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to be part of a company of people who really was faithful uh, at any cost. And I'm going to hold that to be a joyful experience, not a drudgery, because again, Christ is, is worthy. We need a vision for that. American Christians and Christians around the world, we all need a vision for what that looks like, how we could take our place among these faithful saints.
0: Amen. This new group study, Sabina, the group study is going to help you develop that vision. It is going to inspire you. These modern day Sabinas are amazing. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand were amazing. Um, I just want to encourage you get a copy of this. And again, we'll give you a link at vomradio.net. We'll tell you how to do that. Cole, we always finish up Voice of the Martyrs radio conversations with prayer requests. Oftentimes it's, you know, how can we pray for Iran? How can we pray for China? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you a different question. How can we pray for you? How can we pray for VOM? And the work that we're doing, the things we're trying to accomplish this year, how can our listeners sort of join with us and lift us up in prayer?
1: We have the opportunity to pray the same thing that Christ prayed for on his way to the cross, So our Lord Jesus Christ, he cries out to God the Father and he asks that all those who believed on his name would be united and that the love that we have one for another would be a witness of his truth and his love to a lost world. This is a very powerful thing because we're talking about what Jesus prayed, you know, again on his way to the cross. And of course we understand that he made that prayer known to us so we could understand it and and, uh, emulate it. So so that's that's the bigger vision. The vision isn't just that Christians who have need relative to persecution in another country will be served by the rest of the body of Christ. That's part of it. It's only part of it. The bigger vision is this unity. You know, so we, we need to understand the power of a unified global body of Christ, which is a eternal reality that transcends ethnicity, it transcends gender male versus female you know the fallen world wants to divide us male versus female race versus race the body of Christ transcends all that it's beautiful it's amazing it's in every it's currently in every nation in the world and it will last for eternity so we have a relationship with Almighty God we have the opportunity of this relationship with the global body of Christ we get inspiration as a part of that. We serve others as a part of that. It's a wonderful thing. Let's pray along with our Lord that that will become real.
0: Amen. Cole, thank you so much for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you again for your support of, of the radio program. Uh, this new group study, I'm so excited for people to have it. Thanks for helping us share this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
1: Praise God. Thank you, Don.
0: And if you're listening, you can find us at vomradio.net. Again, we will give you a link to Cole's editorials about preparing for persecution. We will also give you a link to the Sabina Group Study. You can receive that for free when you make a donation to Voice of the Martyrs. You can also, while you're there, send me a note. And I want to share, we just got a note a couple weeks ago from a lady named Virginia who lives in Florida. So her name is Virginia. She lives in Florida. But she says as she listens every week, she is writing down the prayer requests that we share at the end of every episode. And she has a special prayer time every week where she prays through those requests that have been mentioned on Voice of the Martyrs Radio Virginia, thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you, more importantly, for praying for our brothers and sisters around the world. Uh, You can send me a note about how you're praying when you come to vomradio.net. I hope you'll be back with us next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're going to go on the road and meet a pastor who experienced pressure and persecution inside Communist China, so much so he actually decided to leave the country but he didn't leave by himself. In fact, his whole congregation gathered together, discussed the options, and voted to go with him. We're going to meet that pastor and hear the story of the Mayflower Church next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Podcast Network.